You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Happy Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills fell to the Arizona Cardinals 32-30 on Sunday. It's a loss we probably won't ever forget and absolutely one that stings. I'm guessing there are quite a few non-Bills Mafia listeners right now hoping to hear a complete meltdown from me based on the finish of that game, but I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to get it. The game was 60 minutes long, so there's a whole lot more to discuss than just the last 34 seconds. I'll tell you what, I appreciate this quote from Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, after the game, who said, as coaches, you sit here and you think immediately, what could we have done differently? At the end of the day, they had two special players that made a special play. And it's moments like this that I'm grateful for how we attack our post-game reaction podcast with three different segments. We lead off with things that I liked. Then we talk about things I didn't like, and we close it out with an AFC East roundup and recap my predictions for the game. So let's start with things I liked. The first thing that I liked is that this team came out flat but still had a chance. The offense never looked crisp. Brian Dable never really got into a consistent rhythm with his play calling but still found a way to go 12 plays, 78 yards, over three minutes off the clock to take a four-point lead with 34 seconds left in the game. We're going to forget about that 21-yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs that we all hoped was the game winner, but for as sloppy as the Bills played, they were able to take the late lead with probably a 99% chance of winning the football game. So you didn't play great football really in any phase of the game. And you still had that lead with 34 seconds left in the game in a scenario where usually (laughs) you win the game. So you came out flat. You didn't play great football. You still found a way. You still had a clutch moment offensively. You couldn't close it out though. So that first thing that I liked is that despite being flat, the Bills had a very reasonable chance to win the game. Second thing that I liked, how about Josh Allen throwing the football to John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Stephon Diggs? When targeting those three players, Josh was 27 of 32 for 274 yards and two touchdowns. When Josh was going to his top guys, he was finding success. Now, We'll get ahead of ourselves a little bit with a thing I didn't like, but I don't think you can appreciate how effective Josh was throwing to Brown, Diggs, and Beasley without mentioning how ineffective he was throwing to the other Bills' weapons. Again, two Brown, Beasley, and Diggs, 27-32, 274 yards, two touchdowns. When he was targeting Dawson Knox, Isaiah McKenzie, Gabriel Davis, Zach Moss, or Devin Singletary, Josh Allen was 6 of 14 for 10 yards with two interceptions. 
So that's obviously a thing we didn't like. Obviously, this team needed more players to step up offensively. But at the end of the day, I think his production to Brown, Beasley, and Diggs was absolutely good enough. Number three, I think the defense did some nice things. Held them to nine points in the first half. In the fourth quarter, when Arizona had the lead, the Bills' defense goes interception, three and out, and three and out before the Bills finally regained the lead. Forced two turnovers. Jordan Poyer had an interception. Dane Jackson had a fumble recovery after Taron Johnson stripped the ball from Kenyon Drake. Three sacks in the game. I thought the defense kept him in the football game. Not good enough to win, but that offense was fluttering, particularly in the second half, and the Bills' defense came up with some really crucial stops that kept the game alive for Buffalo. Again, in totality, not good enough, but had some key moments there where they kept them in the game. Last thing I'm going to mention in things that I liked, a very short list of things that I liked today, Tyler Bass goes three for three, all three of his makes from beyond 50 yards. It was funny, he set a new career long with each kick that he made. His first one from 54 yards, his second one from 55, and then he drilled the 58-yard field goal. So, you know, Tyler Bass is really coming along. I think the holding woes of Corey Bajorquez have smoothed themselves out, and Tyler Bass is is hitting field goals. So three for three, all from beyond 50, 54, 55, and 58. I mean, that's exceptional field goal kicking. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. I personally have an Echelon fitness bike, and I would love it if I could take live classes with other listeners to this podcast and create groups to push each other. So if you have an Echelon Fitness Bike or you are going to get one, hit me up and let's uh, let's do some rides together. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five members of the family all work out all at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. Let's get into things I didn't like. I didn't like that the Bills let a 23-9 third quarter lead slip away in just 9 minutes and 56 seconds of game clock. I think a big contributing factor to that was penalties. The Bills for the game had 9 penalties for 69 yards, and I think there were some critical moments where they came. I want to walk you through two of those. The first 23-19 Bills lead, 149 left in the third quarter. The ball is at the Bills' 39-yard line. The Bills have possession of the ball. It's second and 10. Angelo Blackson, Cardinals defensive lineman, jumps offsides. It's a free play, right? You always get so excited about this. They jump offsides. You have a free play, a risk-free opportunity to take a shot. Allen finds Devin Singletary for a 21-yard gain, but that is negated. 
by a Dawson Knox illegal block above the waist, and suddenly we have offsetting penalties. So instead of having a free play that wound up being a 21-yard gain, it goes back to second and 10. What happened on that next play? Josh Allen throws an interception to Patrick Peterson. Cardinals get the ball three plays, 56 yards later. The Cardinals lead 26-23. to So if Dawson Knox doesn't illegally block above the waist, the Bills have a 21-yard gain, and we never see that interception to Patrick Peterson. And obviously the Cardinals probably don't quickly take possession of the ball and score and take the lead. Amazing how one little penalty can cause a very unfortunate series of events. How about this one? Score is now 26 to 23. Cardinals lead 7.59 left in the fourth quarter after three penalties on the drive. All right, we're talking about a critical drive where you're trailing with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. You've already committed three penalties. So now it's third and 23. The Bills have the ball at their own 26-yard line. Josh Allen hit John Brown for a 24-yard completion to convert the third down but it's negated by a very unnecessary but correct call hold on Brian Winters. So you go from converting a 24-yard completion, a new set of downs, to third and 33, and the Bills did not convert that. Not only did the Bills not get a fresh set of downs, but John Brown injured his ankle on that play. Not great. Very unfortunate penalties, right? So nine penalties for 69 yards, but there's just two examples of of how those really played a major role in the game. Good calls, right? I mean, the Bills didn't get robbed. The referees didn't make bad calls. The Bills committed actual penalties that significantly hurt their chances of winning the football game. How about Corey Bajorquez hitting a 12-yard punt from the Bills' 18-yard line? A 12-yard punt. They got the ball at the 30. You punted from the 18, they get the ball at your own 30. I do like that the Bills held them to three points. You know, they didn't give up a touchdown there, but it was a free three points, and it made the score 23 to 19 with three minutes left in the third quarter. It was like this series of of errors, whether it was offensive miscues, penalties, bad punts, bad defense. A total collapse there after the Bills took a 23-9 lead. Josh Allen didn't play great in this game. He was flat. I do like that flat Josh Allen means 32 of 49 for 284 yards and three total touchdowns. But two interceptions, you know, they were they weren't defensible, right? I've had I've had interceptions from Josh this year where I've been able to explain it to you and and feel good about it, but Those two interceptions were bad throws, and so were the other two near interceptions that he threw in the game. I mean, he just never found any rhythm. He never found any consistency. I mean, just weren't finding answers, weren't finding out routes. The Cardinals sent pressure like we thought they would. Josh Allen didn't beat it consistently. I mean, you saw flashes. There were moments. But all in all, Josh was flat. The offense was flat. Didn't help that the run game was bad. So this was a game where I thought the Bills would be able to run it a little bit. They didn't. 
Zach Moss, Devin Singletary combined for 11 carries for 35 yards against a team that was giving up the eighth most rushing yards per attempt entering the game. Question still remains if this team could run the ball when they need to. There's been moments, but certainly no consistency. So just like we talked about in the first segment about complementary weapons not stepping up in the passing game outside of you know Diggs, Brown, and Beasley, you didn't have any consistency in the run game. I know Josh Allen had a couple of good runs, but in totality, this, this rushing attack was flat. It wasn't productive enough. And we still have to think about that, right? As this season goes along, as we know December football comes down to your ability to run it, didn't uh, didn't happen against a, a very poor Cardinals run defense on the season. Maybe if they had Jordan Phillips, that would have helped the Bills run the ball better, but uh, he's hurt. Run D was bad in this one, folks. 35 rushes, 217 yards. That's 6.2 yards per carry and two touchdowns allowed. It wasn't just Kyler Murray who had 11 rushes for 61 yards, and I thought they played him reasonably well. I mean, overall. When you think about Kyler Murray's day, obviously it will be defined by the the Hail Mary at the end. But I thought they bottled him up reasonably well. A very dynamic play mar- playmaker. And, I mean, I thought the Bills' defense was okay against Kyler. But when you're talking about giving up 24 rushes, 156 yards to Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, <laughs> it's not good enough. It's not good enough. There were times where you just kind of felt like they could run the ball when they wanted to and the Bills couldn't run the ball when they wanted to. And that's kind of a disappointing thing. You know me. I'm all about the pass game. I think you pass to win. It's the most important thing in football. But being able to run it effectively when you need to, you still have to have that. And we haven't seen that with any degree of consistency from this Bills offense. thought tackling took a step back today was better, I thought, against Seattle. But too many missed tackles. I mean, against Edmonds and Drake, who are not good tackle breakers. I know Kyler's going to make some people miss, but Drake and Edmonds? It's kind of disappointing to see those guys fall out of the grasp of Bill's tacklers. And then the Cardinals, who are a bad tackling defense, based on the numbers, you know, you see Zach Moss going down by arm tackles at his neck. I mean, you know, like, it just didn't feel like the Bills running backs were able to make Cardinals defenders miss nearly to the degree that Cardinals runners were able to make Bills defenders miss. Last thing that I'll mention that I didn't like is losing the game on a last-second Hail Mary and have to taste the sting of this loss for a couple weeks. One of the best wide receivers in the game made a great play. You've got your best defensive backs all right there. Trey White's there. Jordan Poyer's there. Micah Hyde's there. DeAndre Hopkins went up and got the football. I wish they would have collapsed quicker on Hopkins. Never gave him a chance to really post up and get himself in position to play the football. I wish McDermott and Frazier would have dialed up some pressure to force the throw quicker and not allow Murray to get outside the pocket and get set and launch the ball down the field. I mean, the Bills called a timeout before the play. Talked it through. That's how they wanted to play it. Didn't work out. 
Those guys made a special play. Sucks because it's the Bills, right? If you were just watching a game and it was the Broncos against the Bears and Drew Locke launches the football down the field and Jerry Judy catches it and the Broncos beat the Bears, it would be benign, right? You wouldn't care. You you think it's an amazing play and you, you tweet about it and you move on with your life. But the Bills are on the on the other end of this one. And it's a sucky way to, to lose a football game. But again, that that's one play in a 60-minute battle. And as much as the Bills were flat, they had a chance. And if you <laughs> do some very normal things at the end of the game, you go into the bye 8-2, Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs for the game winner is what we're talking about. And instead... It's Kyler Murray and a spectacular completion to DeAndre Hopkins. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the planet. They have 18 amazing flavors, and that includes six new flavors. Those are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon, almond, cheesecake, which is my favorite, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're all covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. I can't wait every day to eat Built Bars. I usually have about two per day and especially one after I get done with my Echelon ride. Built Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious, whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in something delicious. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for anyone on the keto diet. Got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's close out the podcast by taking a spin around the AFC East. Let's talk about what we're doing this week on the podcast and, of course, revisit my predictions from the game. I'm always accountable to my predictions. I let you know how I did, so we'll do that here in just a moment. So the Bills are in first place in the AFC East. They're third in the AFC playoff race after falling to 7-3 and three after losing to the Cardinals. So nothing changes. Uh, first place in the division, third in the conference. But things are a little tighter here as the Miami Dolphins, who are in second place, they beat the Los Angeles Chargers 29-21 on Sunday and are now 6-3 and three and winners of five in a row. Second in the AFC East, they hold the seventh seed in the AFC playoffs. They're now tied with the Bills in the loss column. They travel to Denver next week before dates against the Jets and Bengals. Third place is the New England Patriots. Right now I'm recording this game at halftime of Sunday Night Football where the Patriots hold a 20-10 lead over the Ravens, so I don't, know, I don't know the result of that game. I don't know what their record is um, by the time you're listening to this. And then in last place, the New York Jets, they're 0-9. They had a bye week this week. Speaking of bye weeks, that's what the Bills are on. They don't have a game on Sunday. They play next against the Chargers. They play host to the Chargers in week 12. So what are we doing on this podcast? It's by week. We still got five podcasts to do, today being one of them. So tomorrow, I'm going to have Bruce Nolan from the Bruce Exclusive Podcast, part of the Buffalo Rumblings podcast feed. He's going to join me to talk all about the Buffalo Bills defense. On Wednesday, it'll be herd mentality. So get your questions in. Do that via email, joe at thedraftnetwork.com. Uh, or you can send me a DM on Twitter at the Joe Marino. 
Thursday, we're going to have another guest, Greg Tomset from Cover One. He's going to join us to talk big picture stuff. Uh, Greg's really good when it comes to salary cap and contracts, so we're going to get into all that stuff. We're going to project deals for Matt Milano and Daryl Williams and John Feliciano and figure out how the Bills can pay them and who they can cut and all that type of stuff. So we're going to have a big picture conversation with Greg on Thursday, Friday, Nate Geary from WGR 550. He's going to join me to talk all about the Buffalo Bills offense. So I wanted to get myself out of the way. You've heard me talk so much about this football team this season. And so with it being the bye week, I love to get different voices in here and um, expose you guys to some different perspective. And we'll see what they have to say. Maybe there can be some good debate or disagreement. So uh, don't miss any of that. That's coming your way here this week on the podcast. Looking forward to Bruce Nolan on tomorrow's pod talking Bill's defense. Let's talk about my predictions and see how I did. Uh, I didn't do so good. I did get my first prediction right in that Cole Beasley is going to be the Bills' leading receiver on Sunday. He did that with 109 yards, so got the first one right. My second prediction was that the Bills would rush for 125 yards or more, which would be 25 more yards than their season average, and they did not get there. They only got to 73 total rushing yards. Number three, I said that the Bills will score more than the 22.5 points Arizona is currently allowing this season, and the Bills did that. They scored 30. My next one was that the Cardinals will miss a field goal against the Bills, uh, considering they were 14 of 15 against the Bills this year in terms of kicking field goals. That didn't happen. Zane Gonzalez went four for four, and now opposing kickers against the Bills this year are 18 of 19. So they got to be due for some misses at some point, right? And then, of course, my last prediction was that I I had the Bills winning this game, and uh, that didn't happen as we know. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today on the podcast. Thank you so much if you joined me for this. I know nobody wants to talk about losses. Nobody wants to talk about this loss, right? But, again, we have good conversations, some of our most important conversations during losses, and so I, I hope that you are with me, and I really, really appreciate if you were. As always, I do kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We've got Bruce Nolan tomorrow. Don't miss it. And I look forward to talking to you then.